Hey friend, welcome to the program. My name is Rick Renner and today we're going to continue in our brand new series called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, What the Bible Really Says About Giving. This is such an important subject because all of us need to be financially blessed. Can you use more money? I'm sure the answer to that question is yes. Well, how do you open the window of heaven so that God's generosity flows into your life? That is what is in this series. And yesterday we saw that God is generous with the generous. And today we're going to see how God blesses sacrificial giving. But this is five parts my friends, it is just loaded from the beginning to the end. Please order yours by going online. This really could change your financial life. And it comes with a study guide that's filled with all the Greek words, the points, the principles. Everything in this series is in the study guide. And dear friend, I really work hard on these study guides. So I want you to get both so you can read it while you see it or while you hear it and really get this revelation down deep inside you. And right now we're offering you my book called A Life Ablaze. Do you want to be ablaze for Jesus to the end of your life? I know you do. You may remember a time when it seemed your fire was burning brighter. What happened? Well, for you to stay on fire, you need to inject the correct spiritual fuels into your spirit. And that's what this book is about. The subtitle says, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. And my friends, this is a book that can really set you on fire so that you can be a life ablaze to the end of your life. So order yours today. And you can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who financially regularly gives to our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible across the planet. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our assignment to feed many the word of God and they're crying out for it. And when you become a partner, you help to put financial fuel in the tank so we can take this teaching to people all over the world. And I want to say thank you if you're already a partner. And if you're not, please give us a call or go online and become a partner with us right now. And the moment you do, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness because we want every partner to have these books and read these two particular books. And please remember that we want to hear from you so we'll know how to pray for you. We're waiting for the phone to ring right now. Just give us a ring or send us an email. And the moment you ring the phone or your email shows up in our inbox, Denise and I and our team, we're going to release our faith for Jesus Christ to step into your life and do the miraculous. And he'll do it because he said, if any two of you would agree is touching anything, I'll do it. We'll get into agreement with you in faith and Jesus will do his part. He'll move in your life. But if we know how to pray, We'll do a better job of praying for you. So give us a call or send us an email and we'll begin to pray for you. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. 
my friend, reads for your Bible. And today we're going to return to our anchor verse, which is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where Jesus is talking about money and treasures. And he says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That verse may seem very simplistic, but really it says it all. Jesus says, where your treasure is. And the word where in Greek means exactly where in the very place where your treasure is. And the word treasure that is used here cannot be misunderstood. It is the Greek word thesaurus, which describes a treasure, money, riches, or investments. So Jesus said, exactly where you put your treasure, your money, your investments, your resources, your cash, where you put it, that is where your heart is. And the Greek says, E.K., exactly there is where your heart is also. And Jesus' teaching is that where you put your money reveals what is in your heart. I told you yesterday, it's possible to give without loving, but it is not possible to love without giving. When you love somebody, you want to give to them. You want to invest in them because you believe in them. Your cash follows your heart. Where your treasure is, it reveals where your heart is. That is a principle which Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. I very rarely teach on this subject, but my friend, I feel a responsibility to communicate to you and to all my friends the important need that we be sacrificial in our giving and that we be generous with God. Because when we're generous with God, God is going to be generous with us. But from the very beginning of time, when people determined they were going to bring a real sacrificial gift to God, God made it. So they had to put a lot of planning and forethought into that action. They couldn't just bring a gift. God required that they build an altar. Altars don't just magically appear. And in fact, God even gave specifications about how the altar had to be built. Certain kinds of stones had to be chosen. The stones had to be cleaned. They had to be placed and arranged just properly. The place had to be ceremonially cleansed. Then they had to gather the wood to put on top of the altar. And finally, when it was time to offer a burnt offering, they had to bring to the Lord the very best animal among the flock, which means they had to go through the entire flock to look for that animal that was without defect and was the best animal from all of the animals. And my point is, friends, this was not a random thing to do or a last moment thing to do or a haphazard decision. A lot of planning, a lot of forethought went into this. And sometimes it took weeks, it took months, sometimes it even took a year to get ready to bring a really sacrificial offering to God. And that's the way God designed it because God sees the entire event as a part of the sacrifice. Your intention, your desire, your preparation, everything you have to do to pull the money together to give the offering, all of it in addition to the gift itself is considered a part of a sacrificial gift. That's so important for us to understand. And finally, when they offered their gift, that was their moment to call upon the name of the Lord and offer their petition. And as the smoke was billowing into heaven, they would stand in front of the altar and they would say, God, this is what we ask you to do. And if they needed God to be extra specially generous with them, 
then they brought a very generous offering because they understood from the very beginning of time that God responds to what we give. And when we give generously, God generously answers us. That is amazing. This is the reason why Denise and I personally are so very careful in the way that we give. We are serious givers. And recently, Denise and I gave the single largest gift that we have ever given. It was so large, we couldn't do it spontaneously. We had to prepare. We had to figure out how to give it. All of it was a part of our gift, the planning, the thinking, the talking, the praying. And finally, we brought the gift, but God saw all of it from beginning to the end as a part of our sacrifice. And when we brought that gift, oh, we were so excited. So much work and prayer went into this. And when we laid it before the Lord, that is when we called upon the name of the Lord and asked him to do certain things in our life. We offered our petition. We gave generously. You know why? Because we needed a generous response. But when you look at the Old Testament, you find from the very beginning of time, the patriarchs built altars at very critical moments in their journey. For example, Noah. Noah was the first in the Bible to build an altar to God. When did he build it? When the ark finally rested on the mountains of Ararat and the door opened and they walked out and they saw the whole world was a big muddy mess, Noah said, ay, 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 I need help. I need divine assistance. So what did he do? It was time for him to build an altar and to offer a sacrifice. And Noah, probably with the help of his sons, began to collect the stones as God required. He began to arrange them as God required, imagine all the time they were collecting the stones, they were thinking about what they were doing. We're preparing to make a sacrifice. As they were arranging the stones according to God's specifications and doing it so carefully, they were thinking about what they were doing. They were about to make a sacrifice. When they gathered the wood to put on the top of the altar, they were thinking about what they were doing. They were preparing to bring a sacrifice. When they went through the animals to find the very best animals that they could offer to God, they were thinking about what they were doing as they prepared to bring a sacrifice. And finally, when the smoke was billowing into the air, the Bible tells us that Noah called upon the name of the Lord. He gave generously and God responded generously to Noah. Or how about Genesis chapter 12, where the Bible tells us that Abraham with Sarah and Lot came into the land of promise. And when they arrived, what did they find? Giants. Giants were everywhere. And when Abraham saw all the giants, how did he respond? He built an altar, probably with the help of Lot. He began to gather the stones just like Noah did. And with the gathering of those stones, he was thinking about what he was doing. Nothing about this was accidental. It was all very, very intentional. Then according to God's specifications, he began to arrange the stones in their proper places, then gathered the wood, then began to search for the very best burnt offering that he could bring. All of this was intentional. It required a lot of thought, a lot of planning. And when the smoke was billowing in, to the air. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 13 that Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. And because he gave generously, God generously responded 
to Abraham. And it's amazing that if you look at the story of Abraham at critical junctures in his life, when he really feels a need for God's generous support, he builds an altar and he offers a generous sacrifice. Or how about 2 Samuel chapter 24, where we read about King David. God had miraculously stopped a plague that had killed 70,000 people. And David wanted to offer a sacrifice to the Lord in a very important spot. So he found a particular piece of land where he wanted to build an altar and offer a sacrifice, but discovered that particular piece of land was owned by a Jebusite. But when the Jebusite heard that it was David who wanted to buy the land, it was David who wanted to offer the sacrifice. The Jebusite was so overwhelmed that he went to David and said, hey, David, I'll make it easy for you. I'll give you the land. I'll give you the wood. I'll give you the stones. I'll do it all, even give you the animals to sacrifice. But listen to what David said in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. It was very kind of the Jebusite to offer. But David understood if it was easy, it was not a sacrifice. And David, in essence, said, I'm not going to bring a sacrifice that didn't cost me something. So we read in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, David bought the threshing floor and he bought the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And guess what? God was so blessed by what David did that that piece of land eventually became the very spot where the temple was built in the city of Jerusalem. But those verses tell us something very important about the right, proper attitude when we bring a sacrifice. David said, it needs to cost me something. If it's a sacrifice, I need to give of my money. I need to give of my resources. I need to give of my gifts. But the truth is, God does not need our money. God does not need our resources. God does not need our gifts. My friends, God has it all. The cattle on a thousand hills, hills belong to him. The streets of heaven are paved with gold. Every gate to heaven is a massive pearl and heaven is filled with precious gems. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our resources. He doesn't need our gifts, but he wants our hearts. And Jesus clearly said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. God's not after our money. He's after our heart. And God knows that when we put our treasure into the kingdom of God, our heart goes there. God is after our hearts. But scripture shows the greater the sacrifice, the greater the response from God. And I want to give you an illustration of this from 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6, where Solomon has become the king of Israel in the stead of his father, David. He is so overwhelmed by this responsibility that he knows he needs God's assistance. And because he watched his father give sacrifices, Solomon knew what to do. And I want to ask you, are you teaching your children about giving? Solomon knew what to do because he'd watched what his father had done. And the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6, and Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord. Now listen to this, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation. Listen, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. 
in a single day, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings to God. It was the biggest offering that had ever been offered in history to God in a single day. But to achieve such an undertaking in a single day meant Solomon had to plan for weeks, possibly for even months in advance. The very best animals had to be selected and not just selected. They were selected all over the land of Israel. Then they had to be transported to the city of Jerusalem and to be held in Jerusalem in corrals that they had to build for them. Then all of the animals had to be cleansed. All of the animals had to be killed. My friend, to do all of this from beginning to the very end required thousands upon thousands of workers. For him to offer so many sacrifices in a single day, he had to invest a great deal of thought, time, and money, and all of it was done so he could call upon the name of the Lord. He wanted to be generous because he needed a generous response from God and how did God respond? Well, the answer is amazingly in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, which says, and that night, the same night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. God was so touched by Solomon's thoughtful, well-planned and generous giving that God wasted no time in responding. He showed up to Solomon that night and said, wow, nobody's ever given anything like this to me before. So please just tell me what you want. Ask anything and I'll do it. That's a pretty generous response. And the Bible also tells us the fire of God came down. You can read that in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. And I'll tell you, friend, if you want a visitation of God in your life, give something generous because the fire of God will come into your life. That's what the Bible teaches. But once again, Solomon felt a deep need for God's assistance. And remembering what happened the first time when he gave a thousand burnt offerings... Solomon said, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I give even more. So the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 5, King Solomon, listen to this, offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep in a single day. 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. My friends, that kind of a gift is simply mind-boggling to me. In fact, one day I was having lunch with a man who was the owner of a big, big farm, and he had a big, big slaughterhouse, one of the biggest slaughterhouses in the United States. And he was telling about all the new technology they had so they could slaughter cattle much faster. And he and I came to this verse. And as we discussed this verse, he looked at me and he said, Rick, that's an amazing verse. Because even today with all the technology that we have in a single day, it would be impossible for us to slaughter 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. He said for Solomon to do that required months and months of planning, thousands of workers. It was a huge event that had to be orchestrated and my friends, God saw all of it from the beginning all the way to the end as a part of Solomon's 
sacrifice, which means his sacrifice was not last minute planning for him to bring that kind of generous offering to the Lord required careful planning and an enormous amount of time, energy, labor, and organization. And it was truly an extravagant expression of his heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And how did God respond? The Bible tells us. Second Chronicles 7, verse 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. That night, God showed up again. Would you like God to show up in your life and ask you, what would you like me to do for you? Then give something sacrificial. That's what Solomon did. He learned the first time that God would show up, so he did it again. But the second time, he was even more generous. And that is why Solomon wrote with great conviction the words in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. He was speaking from his own personal experience when he said, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Your presses will burst out with new wine. He was not giving theory. This was a man who had been generous with God. He had built an altar very intentionally. He had offered something very sacrificial that really cost him something, and God showed up as a result. And when he was offering his sacrifice, he called upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord generously responded to him. That is just amazing to me. He knew that if he really honored God with his substance, God would move mightily on his behalf. And in the same way, my precious friend, if we really love God and if we need God to do something special in our life, then maybe we need to do something sacrificial because a blessing comes on an extra specially given sacrificial gift. And when we honor God, God honors us. When we're generous with God, God is amazingly generous with us. Solomon discovered the principle of giving a sacrificial gift. But hey, there's more because when we come back tomorrow, we're going to find that when we give with a right heart attitude, we, we can open the window of heaven. And when the window of heaven is open, God's goodness pours into our life. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. I'll be back in just a moment. What does the Bible really mean when it says God will open the windows of heaven over the lives of those who are givers? And how do you know if the windows of God are closed or open over your life? Rick Renner says, Years ago, I didn't understand how vital it was that I sowed into the kingdom of God. And as a result, Denise and I lived sad financial lives. But a day came when the Holy Spirit showed me the powerful results that take place when you become a regular giver. The day Denise and I began to give, we discovered the key that opens the window of heaven. In this series, How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, Rick covers that God is generous with the generous, how God responds to sacrificial giving, how to open the window of heaven over your life, what Jesus said about giving, what the Apostle Paul said about giving. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10, this series will be a blessing to anyone who is ready to enter a new realm of the abundant life. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze, for $18. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. 
Don't miss this special offer. Order the series, How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, and the book, A Life of Blaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey, friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio, and I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building, and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa, and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building. And from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. My friend, I've enjoyed this program today from the beginning to the end. We've been looking at the fact that God supernatural blesses sacrificial giving. It is amazing. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus simply said, where you put your treasure, that reveals where your heart is. And I want to remind you that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And when you love Jesus, you want to give for the work of the ministry. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. But please order my entire series, which is called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life. It comes in multiple formats. The subtitle says what the Bible really says about giving and this series comes with a study guide. And my friend, this is a series that can change your financial future. And right now we're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. The back of the book says how to keep your fire burning. Do you feel like your embers have begun to go out? How do you stoke the coals 
to get the fire burning in your spiritual life again. Well, to really burn for all of your life, you have to have 10 essential spiritual fuels to put into your flame. And that's what this book is about. 10 simple keys to living on fire for God. And my friend, I want you to order yours today. And remember that when you become a partner, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying, welcome to the partner family. My book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. But I want to pray for you right now. And by the way, when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. But Father, I thank you that you show up where sacrifices have been offered to you. Help us to give you our heart, give you our mind, put everything we have into what we bring to you and to do it with great seriousness and great intention. And we ask you to respond generously by showing up in our life in many remarkable ways. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.